Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Student of the Game. I am Kyle Nash, the Student of the Game, and listen, you're here. Chances are you like talking about sport, and we are glad you've chosen to do it here with us tonight. Student of the Game podcast, Student of the Game uh, live stream. If you happen to be watching on the Huddle Up podcast, of course, you'll find me on the socials. The SOTG on Instagram and Twitter, where you could probably be watching this episode, potentially, if you look at the account. Also, check out uh, the Facebook page as the student of the game. You can watch the live stream there as well. And the reason why I go to extra miles here to observe the socials, in addition to all the podcasting we do on the major platforms, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., et all, is uh, to announce that the 2023 Student of the game, real. Mock draft is open. Yes, I've had to say that phrase many times as a commissioner of a mock draft. But um, listen, long list of people who were involved with that project. Some of them guests on this show. Um, we had a, I had mentioned it last week while I was on with Seawall, Candy Waller, talking some uh, Washington Red Tails, sorry, commanders, um, that that would be happening. You've seen me mention it all over social media. And you probably at some point, possibly, seen a number of the picks but here on the huddle up youtube channel which you may be watching the live stream on or listening to on the podcast you can go to huddle up podcast uh youtube channel and observe the playlist for all 32 picks all 32 shorts as well or there's the scouting depot depot where dalton tinklenberg has edited them all together into one 25-ish minute extravaganza, all sorts of things for your viewing pleasure if you're interested in checking out the 2023 Student of the Game Reel Mock Draft. Um, you'll see some more reels coming up on Facebook as well because Facebook did Facebook things to them and screwed things up and it was just all disgusting. So, yeah. Um, but look at all that on the socials. And uh, if I can find a way to make it happen, look for them on Instagram as well, so there's all of that. By the way, speaking of more house cleaning there, Team NBS Media is going to be having their draft special once again starting on April 27th, the night of the draft. That's a Thursday, by the way, for those who don't remember or found themselves under a rock in any way, shape, form, or fashion. And hosting that first night of action, yours truly, I, the student of the game, will be presiding over the draft, uh, walking along with Professor Bill Carroll and Sensei Jeff Barnes in those presentations as well. Yeah. You know, I, this whole world where I'm doing things in draft season just doesn't make any sense. And, of course, if I'm going to blame anybody for it, it would be my good friend Dalton Tinklenberg of the Scouting Depot. But thank you for your help nonetheless, my friend. Uh, with that in mind, you know, there's a few things I want to talk about. But but let me get into this because I have to take this opportunity. Like, all these other people are doing it for their own political agendas, agendas and things like that. And listen, for me personally... As somebody who enjoys watching it anyway, because I covered it for the black and gold banneret, um, it's 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 something I've never led with on the show before, but I'm going to have an opportunity to do it now, and that is women's basketball. Now, am I going to be here to talk about Destiny Thomas, probably one of the un most underrated players literally in college women's basketball? No. 
Unfortunately, people have decided to make a political statement and issue surrounding the final, or excuse me, I say the final four, but the uh, the final to the Women's March Madness Tournament. And of course, by now, if you haven't heard, LSU's Angel Reese made some sort of a gesture, specifically the you can't see me, you know, to Caitlin Clark. And then there was a whole thing about how that was alleged classless. But then there was like Caitlin Clark had done that before in the past. And then it was a whole this and people made it a political statement. And and, all right, let me unpack this because there's a lot of people. First of all, there's a lot of people talking about it who haven't really watched a minute of women's college or, or women's basketball period in their lives. And to be honest, um, I would have been a, one of those people had I not started working with the Black and Gold Banneret and the Night Shift podcast, and I'll be open about that. However, however, here's the situation. Is it something that people should be up and... Well, let me start with this, too. As somebody who's an athlete, yes, that, that Aaron Evans original painting there is me, that Nash you can't see off to the side, that's my name, that's my jersey from when I played semi-pro football. I'm into the sport. And, and I feel a certain way about, air quotes, trash talk anyway. I'm an offensive lineman by by trade on the football field. I'm not known necessarily for talking trash. That's not to say that offensive linemen have never spoken trash, but we're less inclined to do so as compared to our, I hate this slur, but I'm going to use it, our skill player brethren, as if we biggins don't have skill. Thank you, Creed Humphrey of the Chiefs, for coming up with the big skill uh uh, moniker for we offensive linemen who play with who when's the last time you heard about wide receiver technique but offensive line technique that's a thing everybody knows about anyways i digress i don't really embrace trash talk per se that's not to say i've never done it but for my money i let my play talk if i want the opportunity to to be superior, I play better than the opponent. At least that was my attitude when I was younger, and more often than not, it worked out for me. If it didn't work out, hey, I lost the game. It is what it is. But as a fan, I enjoyed these ladies doing You Can't See Me. I mean, I was I was fine with it. I mean, and really, and for my money, the the biggest crime committed when either Caitlin Clark or or Angel Reese did it was I didn't see their mouths moving to do the permit to, to, to the uh, uh to do the accompanying because if you don't do that then it's just wrong I, I I joke so people are saying that people aren't up in arms because um Angel Reese is of color let me tell you why people are unhappy with it it is the way that Angel Reese kind of followed, air quotes, Caitlin around the court. Do I have a problem with it personally? No. Like I said, I, I, I as an athlete, I didn't tend to do that sort of thing simply because um, I'm not trying to motivate my opponent. I'm not trying to give my opponent uh, a, a, a bulletin board material because you never know when you might meet a dude again. And I learned that lesson because somebody talked trash on me. I met them again and got a chance to get the upper hand on them. So, you know. I got the opportunity to learn with the win. But with all that in mind, people are going entirely too nuts about it. Folks, listen, sports in this day and age, people are going to trash talk. Why? It is entertainment. How many people can recite the line, are you not entertained? 
from Gladiator. But you know what? At the end of the day, I ain't even mad at all the people in their fake outrage about the whole Caitlin Clark Angel Reese thing. And do you know why, ladies and gentlemen? At long last, women's sports is on the forefront, and more people have watched women's basketball this year than ever in the past. Big fan of this concept. Because then finally, people are starting to realize if you want equal pay for athletes of a particular gender demographic, you pick the word. It starts with actually watching and supporting them. What? You mean just me talking trash doesn't do the job? No. Just like Angel Reese talking trash didn't bother Caitlin Clark. It's the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not trying to be an advocate. I'm just trying or, or, or an activist. That's not me. I'm not trying to live there. I'm just trying to tell people I want to watch the sport. Let them talk trash. Let them eat that particular kind of cake. It's more fun. Don't act like y'all didn't have fun watching Joe Burrow with swag. Don't act like you didn't enjoy watching Steph Curry. Hey, leave it hanging up there after that three drops. And for goodness sake, if you didn't like Caitlin Clark nor Angel Reese going, I can't help you. Anyways, I'm going to have some good help tonight. Actually, he may have some advice to help one of his franchises. We'll get to that in a minute. But it, one of his franchises is sliding so much, I hope he's not mad. The madman cometh, Mark Mancini. What's going on, brother? Well, it's always that same slogan I always run with, never finish seconds. All right. But, I, but I will tell you, just got off the phone with my good buddies as they landed back at Pittsburgh after sweeping the Red Sox right into the Charles River there. Oh, Acknowledge Pittsburgh, baby. <laughs> I understand what's going on there in Tampa and the Tampa Bay Rays are, nobody's put an end to their uh, streak yet, so they're hotter than hell. But, man, I'm excited for baseball in Pittsburgh 4 and 2, heading home, getting used to the American League as the White Sox and Astros will come through Pittsburgh. I'll put it this way. First of all, the Pirates winning is is always an edu- opportunity to celebrate. It's a matter of how often that happens that might be in question. And, and I'm glad to see that happen that way. And listen, before you start talking about Tampa, I get that they're starting strong, but let's see some consistency before anybody in that part of the state gets too excited. We know how that works. Well, I was I was having a little consistency uh, Saturday night uh, wearing that heavyweight belt uh, borrowed by a couple of fans outside SoFi taking a picture with the WWE belt. Right? WrestleMania, baby. 161,000 came through that joint. And it went Hollywood in more ways than one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listen, that's at the end of the day, you know what? And and I'm sure you've at least loosely heard about the whole Caitlin Clark, uh, Angel Reese thing. You know who I blame? WrestleMania. It was the same weekend. It was on everyone's mind. I mean, we can't see it. It, Yeah. You you know, and, you know, being a part of that before I get on the radio, man, being the ring announcer for the XBW, the big competition was ECW, but. Right. Man, seeing some of those fans and having them recognize you, man, that that that's pretty high company. I kind of felt like, wow, I could be the grand marshal of the next float out here at the Rose Parade. Ooh, that would be <laughs> fun. Hey, you know, let me ask you this: as 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 a talent yourself, um, have you seen Pat McAfee preside over a match? And and do you think he's good at the craft? I think he's good. And there was George Kittle doing some, you know. He was doing some takedowns. He's getting in the swing of things, practicing on taking the Rams, Arizona, and maybe Seattle down. So 
it was nice to see Kittle there. I, his outfit was a little behold. I mean, if you if you ask me, but you know, he, he could have. Why didn't Why didn't he just come out with a San Francisco uniform on and just really piss the whole LA crowd off? Oh boy, he you didn't want to turn completely heel. There's lines, <laughs> exactly. I'm just saying, uh, you know. I want to want to talk about you know, and I know there's a lot to talk about. And I love you, the show, man. It's just tearing it up on Wednesdays, but. I had to tune Bill Rafferty off the other night, man, watching that UConn game because covering San Diego State for three years and pulling for the Aztecs to win. Dude, this guy was too biased at UConn, man. And I have some friends that cover the program. I had to mute it or change the channel, man. I couldn't stand hearing that guy, man. I mean, listen, I'm not going to – you're, you're talking – you're And I'm an East Coast guy. Yeah. I mean, I'm an East Coast guy, and it just, for me to tune that guy out – it was just UConn this and UConn that. And I'm saying, man, oh, man, I respected Calhoun and the Huskies. But, man, this is this is way overboard, man, and not giving props to the Aztecs. I mean, I, I felt like I was a little slight. Maybe this guy hasn't had a fish taco and spent 365 days a year in 70-degree weather. I, I can't speak to that. Those are certainly very West Coast things that you mentioned there. But if you want to debate or me to, to argue with you about UConn, listen, brother, covering UCF women's basketball last year, I had to deal with Gino Oriema. Uh, I, I am not a friend to the UConn program, okay? Let me be clear yeah. about that. At least he lost this year in the women's side. I'll put it that way. I should have probably told Rafferty if I ever sit down with him is I'm sorry, I'm from Pittsburgh. Where now I thought the East Coast stopped after that. Where is Connecticut? <laughs> <laughs> I love that East Coast stopped oh, after man. that line, man. That's still great. Yeah, no where, 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 where are you? Uh, hey Rafferty, where are you? Are you out there with the Orca Killer Whales taking some grays out in the Atlantic? Where is where is Connecticut, man? Oh boy. Oh, Look, oh, man. Well, I had to bring you this too because listen, man, we gotta have a conversation about your Houston Roughnecks, bro. Came oh, out like gangbusters, and now they're on a three-game slide. The the XFL South up for grabs in a way it never was before. Fresh off of the Orlando Guardians with the biggest upset in the league's history, short history, albeit. Going from 0-6 and 6-0 and to victorious at 1-6 and 6 and fighting for a playoff spot in that division. Mark Mancini, help me out, man. What's going well, on? Well, I always say this, and I use this analogy a lot. When you have your foot on the gas, you never take your foot off that gas. Because mm. the minute you take, bad things start to happen. You start to read your headlines. And you think, okay, we just lost one, no problem. We got a commanding lead, and you then you start playing not to lose. Right. And this that's what the Houston Roughnecks are doing now, and it's it's sad because they've kind of taken their foot off the gas here, and we saw that indication in Seattle when they first lost. Yeah, and listen, Seattle's a good team. I'm not knocking it, but but for the performance that um that that, that Houston had this past weekend. Um, that nobody's a winner in that concept. They needed, they really needed that one to kind of hold the rest of the uh, South division off. Um, cause Arlington and, and San Antonio for the records, what they are, um, they're still struggling by the way. You, I don't know if you heard, but now you're San Antonio, not your, but the San Antonio Brahmas have retained Paxton Lynch at quarterback. Oh gosh. So now they're truly free falling, right? 
Orlando with Quentin Darmody, darn near threw over 300 yards. And oh, by the way, and I'm going to say this. This is why you're going to get a thank you card from the Orlando Guardians, Mark Mancini. That Monday night game gave the guys opportunity and scout to see some things from Jordan Tiamu, because that's who they played, right, um, on Monday night. That 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 gate that set the table for the Guardians to do some stuff. I talked to DB's uh, uh, CJ Holmes and Matt Elam, and both were like, "Yeah, we saw things in that game that you know told us some stuff about them, and we were able to make some adjustments." And in a one-point game, one thing they saw could have made a difference. So I'm saying that Christmas card is coming to your Roughnecks for exposing some stuff with Jordan Tiamu and the D.C. defense. Well, not only that, I think something's coming to the Denver Broncos organization. You know, I went to school not too far from uh, John Elway, and Elway mm. came out a year before I did. But not to renew his contract, the Walmart family. I know you made some money in Walmart, and I know you're laying off people. <laughs> How the hell do you not renew his contract? I mean, he put you guys on the map, won a Super Bowl there, brought in Peyton Manning, brings in Russell Wilson, and you're you're not renewing a contract? What, are you going to have a Walmart greeter play your uh, GM thing there? Hello, welcome to Denver Broncos. <laughs> now, now, hey, um, hey, you know me. I'm not a big fan of corporations. Um, you know, there's certain ones I like, certain ones I dislike. I'm welcoming the one in Washington because I think that can change hands and get a quarterback in there that we haven't seen since Kirk Cousins. But to get rid of a quarterback who turned around your franchise in Denver, give me a break. He should have been renewed. Sit back and, and just, you know, complete your assets at Walmart as people are through going through your turnstiles. Don't get rid of this guy. That was a bad move on the uh, Walmart family. Yeah. I, I mean, for every good move you could come out with though, I, I can respond Mark and say that there's something that's questionable. Need I need my, need I remind you about all the stock he put in Brock, Brock ice Osweiler signing him a big contract side unseen Paxton Lynch, that's his doing the whole offensive situation being thus what it is. And I think getting hoodwinked and bamboozled, at least from the opinion of, of many, no, not by Russell Carrington Wilson, but Nathaniel Hackett, all of the above aren't a great look. And I hear where you're coming from. Listen, John Elway is a figure like no other in the organization. Allegedly this, this termination or lack of renewal, I should say of the contract is mutual. Um, you know, John's not interested in coming back either, um, allegedly. So from that standpoint, at least it's ending am amicably um, from that. He'll be back with the organization and able to serve in a ceremonial purpose. It's not like it's not like they're doing him like the Rams did Eric Dickerson. I don't think we have that. So I, I, that's the bright side I'll put on it for you, if that helps you at all, man. I, you well, know. not only that, when you look at it across the board, too, I mean, you know, you, you can't win every time and you can make bad decisions some of the time. But if you win the majority of the time and that Denver Broncos faithful is, is strong across the board through the Rockies and everything. Oh, absolutely. I it just is. I just think that, you know, when somebody comes in and I'm not disregarding what the Walmart family has done, but when you come in and you throw your money around, you know, you don't you don't know what it takes to run an organization like that quite different than stock and toilet paper in your store. This is, <laughs> you know, this is a whole different animal running a football team. And if I got that kind of money and I inherited that kind of money, as I was sitting in my room playing my video games, 
and was given that onslaught or given that uh, money to run a Denver Bronco team, I sure wouldn't ruffle the feathers by getting rid of a guy that's put him on the map. Well, first of all, if you'll remember, sir, stocking toilet paper is no small task nowadays, my friend. They are hoarding that ish. So there's that. But <laughs> but um, no, and I hear all of that. There's there's a lot of how you say, like I said, there's it's just such a science. And we don't we only know what we know about it. I mean, for me, I'll put it this way. John Elway's getting to a particular age. Maybe he can devote less time to the task. Maybe this is a good way to kind of have him go out without, you know, it being um, some sort of a headline if there's a health thing. Now, I'm not saying there is. I'm obviously speculating. Um, but I'm not one to think that the Denver's Bronco, Denver Broncos organization would simply abandon um, John Elway for no reason or, or or anything in particular. Now the Cardinals owner, he's going to be in his own hot water because oh apparently my god, what a, a joke whole lot that is! Out. God, so you uh, know, I can't wait to get that. on the Phoenix show tomorrow. I got to get you on that one and discuss it with Cornelius and the crew down there, man. That's, that's a that's fun. a that's a sad situation in Arizona, man. <laughs> no, oh hey, oh my god, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. See, but there you go. It's all about perspective, Mark. You could either you could either lament the last days of a a franchise great, or being like doing your best uh, 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 response with uh, Vince Lombardi. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> well, I will tell you this: the thing that's going on in Green Bay is these guys might be asking for the Statue of Liberty in one of the boroughs in New York. And the what, location. What the hell? You know, I've I've, I've kind of lost a lot of respect for that organization. I mean, the way they treated Brett Favre, and now they're giving it to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, wait a minute. These guys won Super Bowls for you. I mean, when was the last time you got Super Bowls won? You'd have to go back to Bart Starr. And <laughs> then you, you you treat this guy like Lynn Dickey? I mean, come on, man. I think a little bit. Hear me out on this one. And and this isn't me saying your take is bad. I mean, first of all, Aaron Charles, or Aaron Charles Rodgers has been his own share of difficult. Let's be clear about that. Um, but... I think an element of this falls on the Jets. I get that Aaron Charles Rodgers had his list of demands. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, friends, if you revive the coaching career of one Nathaniel Hackett, everyone in the NFL knows why you're doing it. This is on the Jets for showing their cards, in my opinion. If well, not only that, the Packers, on the other hand, are just being greedy as hell, if you ask me. I mean, they didn't want the guy, but but at the same time, they're asking for their whipped cream and their cherry on top of their ice cream. And, oh, can you just give me a little bit more chocolate syrup and mix it with the strawberry and the caramel, too? Come on, man. Look if here. you didn't want the guy, let the guy walk. Get a couple draft picks like you want, but to stand here and throw the Jets over like a whipping child. I mean, I thought 10 swats is enough. They want to give 35 swats. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's classy, but let me be clear. If I'm going to walk into a Dairy Queen, I'm going to make sure my Sunday's as tall as possible. Same thing is going on in Baltimore, and you know the cost over there is you know that's another organization I respected the Ravens, but what you're doing to Lamar Jackson, and now you're telling us that we might be drafting a quarterback. Well, let the guy go his own way. He's his own agent. So. Yeah, he is. First of all, that's part of the problem, Mark Mancini. Let's be clear about that. Um, why, why don't we have problems like this in New England and Pittsburgh? 
Well, you did have problems like this in New England. The difference was, A, the quarterback wasn't ever asking for a, a, a tag this big on, or excuse me, a number this big for his salary. B, everybody else on the team, bro, let me get this right. And I don't mean to come after you because we boys, Mark, but I'm going to say and make a brash take right now. You can't go over. You can't. The Pats are not innocent in this scenario, right? Richard Seymour cut like he was nothing. Ty Law cut like he was nothing. Lawyer Malloy cut like he was nothing. I get it. They're not a quarterback, but they were significant players. Hell, Richard Seymour is a Hall of Famer that I covered personally this past year with the three point conversion. Well, wait, let me let me let me let me let me flip. Okay, let me flip that on you. Corey Dillon coming there was an afterthought when he left Cincinnati, pretty much. Randy Moss an afterthought when he left the. Yeah. And, and New England resurrected his career. Mm -hmm. Everybody that's left Pittsburgh has really not come back and done anything to beat us. Even the guy that went down to Miami, the wide receiver and all that. And, and, and I think it's just a system in place. Yeah, we're, there's going to be a couple guys that slip through those organizations. But the majority of that is we're going to retain and we're going to be better off letting those kind of guys go in some ways, in more ways than one. So, and how is that any do it? How is that any different with Lamar? But, and, but, but here, here's, here's the situation in Baltimore and green Bay right. is you want your cake and you want your ice cream and you want everything else that goes along with it. If you didn't want Aaron Rodgers like you didn't want Brett Favre, then just let him go for the bare minimum, get a couple draft picks and let everybody, you know, uh, uh, you know, move on in equal terms. But when you're buying the car, you're standing there stealing the house and stealing the wife too. Come on. I think that's a little extreme there on Green Bay's part. Same thing like I look at the Ravens. Hey, I like Harbaugh. I love the rivalry. That's It's the best in football mm. with Pittsburgh and Baltimore. But when you're standing agree. here and you're throwing a guy and you don't really want the guy, but you want a lot in return for the guy before you let the guy go and then you're showing your cards that you want to draft a quarterback, I think that's dirty pool in more ways than one. Okay, so there's okay. You you dropped a lot there to unpack, Mark. Here I, I kind here, here's the thing. What you've said about the Packers and Favre and them not wanting him, that part's right. But if they didn't work to get something for him, everybody in the media would be bitching at them that they didn't get maximum value for a two-time MVP and a future Hall of Famer. So there's that. Um, there's an there's another end to that extreme. One is what I'm saying. But let me let's take it back to Baltimore for a quick. I believe Baltimore wants to remain uh, retain Lamar Demetrius Jackson. Here's the problem. Lamar Demetrius Jackson keeps forgetting that he's not negotiating with the Ravens. What? Yes, exactly. He's not negotiating with them. He's dealing with the fact that the Cardinals had a bad deal with uh, Kyler Murray and that the Browns had a worse deal with Deshaun Watson. And that this whole mess is started by Kirk Cousins getting completely guaranteed money wearing a different purple uniform in Minnesota. That is what Lamar Demetrius Jackson is negotiating with. And the Ravens have said, well, we don't want to negotiate with that. And the whole non-exclusive franchise tag is proof of two things. A, that they value Lamar Demetrius Jackson and that they're going for the best deal. Well, and B, they want to keep him if they can for the right. Well, level. then that would be almost if you've been on a job 20 years and we're going to pay you the same as the guy walking through the door. And I think it's it's a disservice and dishonest to Lamar Jackson in more ways than one. Your franchise is tagging him because you really don't want him, but you don't have a quarterback that can replace him because we know if you keep Conley, 
he, you're going to go more towards the back end of that division than you are to compete with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh in that division. So that's where I'm saying you want your cake and ice cream too, just like the Packers. You're looking at Aaron Rodgers approaching 40-something years old. And, and, and you know, and let's put the Jets on the map here. They haven't been relevant in quite a few years. No. And, 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 and if, if they're giving you an adequate amount of return back, then why are you asking for two boroughs out of the five plus the Statue of Liberty? And, oh, oh, by the way, give us a year's supply of food out of Manhattan. <laughs> the hell is that? First of all, now you got me hungry for steak. I am not happy with you, Mark Mancini. Now I have to cook after the show. I, lo- he li- I love my bucks. <laughs> I love Milwaukee. I love my bucks. I just can't stand the Packers now. No, I, I get that. But first of all, listen. Don't do Lamar Demetrius Jackson the disservice of saying he's a similar commodity to Brett Favre now because he's not. Lamar Demetrius Jackson is a far bigger commodity. And frankly, listen, let me ask you this. If you're if your commanders, I forgot to make the red tails joke. Damn it. If your commanders said to the uh, Baltimore Ravens, they'd never do this because they don't want the yeah, fans yeah, right yeah, across yeah, the exactly. river. To I know where you're going. But if they went there and said, here's two first round draft picks, I want Lamar, and that deal happened, you would be ecstatic. Oh, yeah. So why are the Ravens villains for asking uh, for asking for that compensation for him in a trade? And by the same token, let's not pretend that they haven't offered Lamar Demetrius Jackson forty plus million dollars guaranteed in a contract for what was it, three years? I think it was in one of the contracts that Lamar Demetrius Jackson has rejected. I, and I'm not mad at him for going for the bag. Let me be clear. But let's not act like he isn't culpable. A deal could have been done where he had significant guaranteed money, but he said no. I demand that you do a bad deal. And a a franchise that you have said yourself here on the show just now, my friend, that you respect and how they handle their fiscal wares is not going to say yes to an inherently bad deal as it's realized across the board. Yeah, but the the other thing that we're not bringing to the equation here is the loyalty factor. Oh, that's that's not a thing. Come on now. Well, well, it's it's, it's not a thing in some ways, but I think it is in, in, in other ways that if the Baltimore Ravens want to be looked at on that same pedestal, maybe as, you know, some of these upper echelon teams, then you've got to take care of the guys that got you there. And I think Lamar Jackson, to me, is one of the best Raven quarterbacks, you know, in, 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 in team history there. I oh, mean, I know, yeah. I know the other, in, 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 you know, I know the Are other. Was, Steve McNair? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I like I, I just like Lamar Jackson. Now, would I take him over Randall Cunningham? I don't know. That might be a tough choice for me. I like Lamar Jackson a lot. And he can, you know, he can move. He's a swing. He, you know, if, if Tampa didn't do what they did, he would have fit down there in Tampa. I agree. Look at San Francisco. I've been seeing that ever since they drafted Trey Lance, that they should have took the guy uh, out of that, that Atlanta picked up uh, out of Florida. Why were they making a move? And now they're trying to, you know, bring you in, Kyle uh, Kurt, yeah, Kyle Pitts. Now they're trying to bring in, you know, uh, uh, the, the guy on Minnesota there and Kirk Cousins because they know these two guys aren't going to lead the 49ers anywhere. Well, I mean, and, and listen, I'm not going to argue with you second guessing Trey Lance. The jury's still out on whether he's actually even serviceable or not. So I, I, I got you there. But uh, see, here's where I get stuck. We're talking about trying not to throw. No, we're trying to talk about organizations being fiscally conservative and loyal, 
Yet we talk about two of the best run organizations are the Steelers, sorry, the Ravens and the Patriots, people who have shown no loyalty whatsoever. And the reason why I say no loyalty whatsoever is Thomas Edward Patrick Bieber Brady was in New England so long because his contract was manageable. He was a super team-friendly guy. And for years, they drafted like complete butt. And that's a scientific term, by the way, Mark. And they drafted awfully to find him support. And to the point he said, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to Tampa getting them a damn Super Bowl. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like, I think both sides are culpable in their own way. There's nobody innocent, but really at the end of the day, I still, I'm going to look at the Cleveland Browns and say, and I blame you. There's your WrestleMania drop boss. <laughs> yeah. Well, not only that, when was, you know, the Browns, when was the last time they were relevant? I mean, you have to go back to Vinny Testaverde when the Steelers beat him three times in the same year, including the playoffs. I forgot about Testaverde doing yeah. that. Oh, that's a so great call was, by when, you. When was when was the last time they were relevant? I just think that, you know, if you're a player that's going to get drafted, I think the first thing you want to think of is where am I going? Yes. You know, I think the first thing you go is, okay, am I going in cold weather? Am I going in hot weather? Am I going to a city where, oh, geez, you know, it's, it's okay. Am I going here? Is there is an organization? Is <laughs> an organization that's going to look out for me? Is it an organization that ain't? Hey, we all know John Elway. He didn't want to go to Indianapolis. <laughs> he yeah. said, I'll get drafted by the Yankees. Then I'll go to Denver. Yeah, right. Right. You know, so I think I think you got to look at it like that. But if I'm looking at some of these organizations, I'm saying to myself, do I really want to be there? I know it's going to be great to be drafted by him, but maybe I should hold out and be somewhere else. I don't know. Hey, listen, you know somebody who was drafted by a really great organization early in his career and found success to the point where he can negotiate for a really big contract? Lamar Demetrius Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, All right, that's, Mark. That's, that's the thing in, in, in general, you know, when you look at it. Man, oh, man, we, we've accomplished a lot here. I'm going back and forth with Dodger fans. They're telling me they're sitting on top of the division. I said, how many times a year are you playing Colorado go. and Arizona, man? The the habitual Dodger hate I've come to know and love. Oh, it's a madman, Mark Mancini. Listen, I know you're gonna be stoked for my next guest. You made this connection. Oh yeah, baby. So go ahead and tell the world you can be found so I can get her out of the virtual green room here. Uh, you can find me XM203 Series 217, world's worst handicapper, XM. Uh point that phrase on me. Whatever I take, take the opposite. I almost pulled the San Diego State thing. And then Philadelphia's WWDB with uh, Marianne and Sal and uh, doing the Pittsburgh Pirate podcast and the San Francisco Giants podcast. It's a good time. By the way, I, I, will, you, I, will, I will hold you to that handicapper thing during the season when we start talking about Atlanta. Good grief. <laughs> yeah, I only like hey, I only like the weather in Los Angeles, man. And that's about it. I'm not I'm not too fond of the Dodgers, but I like that, you know, that, uh, you know, uh, Koresh following that the Los Angeles Kings have. Hey, well, uh, plenty of hockey talk later when I got more time to follow that better, man. Brother, I I'll love you, you, brother. Take care, my man. Thank you. The madman goeth after the madman cometh. But listen, finally, I'm excited about this one because in this particular offseason, I get to know the, the nerdy thing about talking about the commander's sale and, and a whole lot of other cool stuff that's going on. And this person coming in, it's the first time I've met her, but I'm excited because I looked at what she has going. She's got a lot going on. Let's give it up for Kelsey 
Nicole Nelson. I even was so nervous to get your name right. But you did it. You did it. And yes. I'm so glad. It's an honor to be here with you. Thank you for your patience. But I'm so glad we finally made it. We're here. No, hey, listen. I saw you were doing all sorts of stuff. Like you're going to Las Vegas and, and just. there's such a there's such a stigma attached to activists that isn't you you're advocating and and there's just a lot of positive (laughs) you're doing I'm not going to stand in the way of that so thank you I appreciate it I'm glad to be here yes I do too many things I have bags under my eyes so don't be like me folks get your rest (laughs) get your sleep (laughs) but I truly do try to maximize the 24 hours of the day and I honestly just feel blessed and and honestly just privileged to be able to have my hands in so many different things wear so many different hats do what I love for a living talk sports be involved in education and then do a lot here in the DC area with philanthropy and just giving back which is what it's all about for me because I am the product of a village. So just a young girl trying to live out her dreams. <laughs> hey, listen, I, to your credit, you were smart enough to do it and, and find the grind, young. I'm over here trying to build a second career. So, like, I'm watching you to take notes oh, to see maybe so how sweet. I can do it. But you're doing it. Like, that's why we're here. I don't believe in mistakes. That's what brought us together. We're going to feed off each other. We're going to feed off each other, learn from each other. And that's what I love about sports media. It introduces me to great people like you all the time. So I have a great job. I get to meet cool people all the time. <laughs> See, listen, Kelsey, here's the only thing I'll warn you. I don't live in your district, so you can't have my vote. But thank you for the compliment. <laughs> Look, don't do that. People have told me, Kelsey, you should get into politics. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Too messy, too dirty. I live in D.C., but I, I, stay, away, I stay away from the political side. Just oh, too messy. Yeah. Too messy. Oh, I, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I, people have asked me about that here just in Florida, and I'm like, I got kids. I don't need that trouble. Anyway. <laughs> Enough about that. So, uh, listen, what I like to do is get people who actually know what they're talking about. I mean, the end of the game is just a clever moniker. Yes, I have a big ego, but that also means I'm also the most humble guy in the room. So when I say say all that to say, um, listen, going through all your stuff, I've been trying to get somebody on that that actually, I, I mean, I don't do the gaming thing. I don't judge people who do. I analyze it. I'll tell you yeah. if I think you're making a bad bet. But this, past, <laughs> this past NFL season, and like I know, I, I know it's been in the rear view. You know, I've got my Super Bowl hat already on from Kevin covered it back in the February. Why are you still talking about that year? <laughs> Somebody who's knowledgeable in it, like you, who does the Money Down show. Yeah, so getting that in there. Um, <laughs> how hard was it to actually bet the NFL this year? Because I felt like sure things were like throughout the year, right? My gosh, this is why I'm glad I get to host the show and not have to physically do all the betting. (laughs) Hosting is fun and, you know, giving advice and having great experts on. And, you know, I think when you think about it, I mean, sports betting is growing like crazy. I know you guys are talking about baseball, but obviously football is grown. And the NBA now, Kyle, we're hearing it in the new CBA, you know, gambling getting potentially in the NBA now. I mean, it's literally everywhere here in D.C., Landover, Maryland at FedEx Field. We've got the sports book there now. And then in Washington, D.C., they're just popping up everywhere. You know, monumental sports is very huge in that. But I I mean, it's hard. You know, you have your over-unders, your player props. I think player props are probably maybe one of the better ones. Because usually, usually you know the guys that are going to deliver. But then also, you know, sometimes they don't, right? I mean, it's just one of those things. I think that's also the thrill and excitement of sports betting. But then I also think about what happened recently here in D.C. where you have someone like Bradley Bill get get into a confrontation with a fan in Orlando with the Orlando Magic basically because the fan was mad that he felt like Bradley Bill lost him money on a bet he made, you know? So it gets 
messy, right? It gets messy. So there's a beauty. And then you look at somebody like Calvin Ridley. I mean, I mean, you see the beauty of sports betting and you see the bad of sports betting. But I think, you know, for sports fans, they love it. It's why literally every broadcast now, Kyle, has a, a, basically a portion of sports betting in it because fans really do want to know. I can't tell you how much I get hit up before a broadcast or after a broadcast and people will ask me my thoughts. I'm like, nope, because the people I know personally, nope, because I don't want y'all coming to me if you lose money. (laughs) Watch the show. Watch the show. That's where I give all the announcements. If you don't watch it, you lose out. That's what I tell them, Kyle. (laughs) This is you advocating for the sports public. By the way, betting involved with sports, I'm there doing I'm not betting the games, but I'm in hop covering that league and boy, they're knee deep in it. And I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm not going to do it because for me personally, it's, it's not so much the money thing. Like, you know, for me, it takes the fun out of it. Cause if like something got money on money on it is for real, like, you know, and people don't like to lose money. So that's right. (laughs) I I enjoy watching the game. Granted, I don't eat during the game like I used to, but you know, let's not give me a medical history. But you're right. I mean, it's a thrill. Like, even we just did March Madness, right? And people with mm-hmm. sports betting. I mean, you can think about the sports betting in that aspect, you know, of it. So some people want money. Some people lose money. I mean, we, let's be honest. We do the brackets even because, you know, it's just that chance that, well, I didn't do it this year because I was just tired of ripping my brackets up each and every year. So I saved myself, you know, just from the misery. <laughs> I <laughs> definitely didn't have San Diego State going to my finals. I'll say that. UConn was making it far, but I didn't have them in the finals either, you know, for the men's side. And then the women's side, you know, was just so much fun, of course this year as well right. but I don't know how many people even I think somebody probably had South Carolina you know in their bracket for instance in that one right undefeated the entire regular season they have the size you know they have so much you know just great play high basketball IQ they can get in the paint but they can also have the outside shot but you know I mean then they get ousted so I mean I think sports have been fun this year and that's kind of the fun part about it you know here in DC even I'm actually soon Kyle shooting a commercial for Grand Central Sportsbook here DC. It's a local sports betting place. So, you know, the theme is bet local. So for folks here in DC, highly recommend you guys come out. And that's the whole fun of it. You know, we're really just encouraging people come to your local sports bar. You know, you can you know, just kind of do it. You don't have to be like at an MGM or, you know, anywhere fancy. Just come to your local sports bar, have fun, have a good time, get your bets in and get your money quick, which is also nice, right? When you win those bets, you get that cash that you can take right home. In that instance. No, <laughs> And, and and you cover the NBA as well. And you kind of mentioned something there with the NBA getting involved. And I know this wasn't on the show list, but as we're talking, yeah. listen, I'm, I, I like to think I'm a sharp and fast mind. With the <laughs> NBA in particular, well, let me take one more aside. As somebody yeah. who covers the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay. I'm thankful for Stefan Ridley right now. But I'll leave it <laughs> Anyway, um, but, but somebody who covers, you know, who who both it, it hosts a, a, a betting show and also covers the NBA as well. Um, yeah. um, tell me again the name of your N- NBA show. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. So we have last night tonight, Valley Sports. Hey, See, I, I think John Oliver and I'm like, no, that's not right. But it was right. Anyways. Um, yes. Last night tonight. Since yes. You, since eerily you, similar. Yeah, right. With with. Yes. With, with the NBA and, and, and that, and, and like, I know the Tim Donaghy things like in the past significantly, but ha- has there been any concerns surrounding that situation with this going on, that conversations, like how, how smooth a transition into that betting have you seen, or is it just not been the thing that you've heard about? Yeah. So I think, I think it's been more of a concern for media members I've talked to. So just to make sure everyone knows what we're talking about, you know, we just heard about the new, 
CBA. This was just announced on Saturday. And of course, they're waiting for the final. But from the rumors that we've heard, now will be an option that players can be sponsored by both sports gambling ventures. All right. So think about that. And cannabis companies. All right. So this is really just raise some eyebrows, you know, in the NBA, because it's like, finally, I think some people are saying, finally, the NBA has gotten on board, you know, with where so much stuff is, and, you know, where, where society is heading, because you think about all the states that are, of course, legalizing marijuana, and that seems to continually, obviously, be increasing. Sports betting, always increasing. You see it, you know, getting more to the polls, people voting on it. Um, but I guess the biggest thing is, of course, those things have to be legal, right, where they're being promoted, so nothing illegal, but NBA players will have to follow same rules as the rest of us normal folks, you know, which is obviously super um, important, but they will not, of course, be allowed to promote betting on sports themselves. I think that it's super important to also know so they can work with companies that operate in the space, but they can't physically do that. So I think that's going to be huge. I think the betting world, some people are obviously scared because, you know, when you have betting, you know, there's always a question of, you know, will something happen? Will a game be thrown? You know, there's so many different questions that, you know, come into mind. And you know, let's be honest, we like sports because we like the integrity of it. We believe everything that's happening there, right? That's why we get mad at the referees. It's like, right. you messed up the game. You know, you're changing the integrity of the game, you know, so often. I mean, and we see this in all sports, you know, but then the sports betting aspect, I mean, let's, it's, let's be honest, we're not getting away from sports betting, folks. There's too much money. There's too much money involved. Like, it's going to be integrated into everything, you know, it's sooner or later. This is the way the future is. And one thing you can't stop is change. And that's one thing we won't be able to stop. So I think it was inevitable, you know, for it happening. But, you know, as I said, it just, it's just keeping the game safe. We don't want, you know, something like what happened in the NFL, as I mentioned, with Calvin Ridley. You know, you never want anything like that to happen. And hopefully these guys obviously know that. You don't want to mess up your check. Don't mess up the bag. Don't mess up the bag, players, with what you had. Make the bag. You know, work with these companies. Do it the legal way. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's exciting. But, of course, I think I understand the worry, Kyle, and hesitation as does everyone whenever, you know, betting is involved with sports. Because that's why I think for so long, for so long, you know, sports betting was a hands-off thing, right? For so long, it was a hands-off thing. And obviously, so you to change momentum, and we see it now everywhere. I mean, we live in a world where Pete Rose is still alive and banned <laughs> for life. And now they have how many franchises in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a laugh I had with Mark Mancini on his Liberty uh, Liberty. Yes. And, and Shout out way, to Mark. You say he wanted me to say hi. Like that's why I was checking my. Oh, Mark is so awesome. Mark is so awesome. Hi, Mark. No, he's great too. He introduced me to you. He introduced me to um, Danielle Orsino, which I mean, she's yeah. a Giants fan. So let's keep it. Uh, let's keep it uh, Shout out to you though, by the way, for giving Lamar the full name. I appreciated that. I like that. Lamar, Lamar Demetrius Jackson. Jackson. Yes, yes, he deserves that's that. You on the show. You, if you if you earn status, you get the full name. And, and listen. I love the Fact, I love people it. disrespecting him. I had to lift him up in my own way. <sighs> I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, I think I think we all know Lamar, unfortunately. And honestly, it's not new to him. I mean, he, he was disrespected in where he was drafted, entering the National Football League, right? It was bad enough the Ravens had to move up to that last pick in the first round of the draft to get him. He's been disrespected his entire career with people still calling him a running quarterback when his passing has continued to improve. And you see what he's been able to do with this Baltimore Ravens offense with the weapons in which he has had. So it's just great to hear that. And, you know, obviously we're hoping some chatter, you know, happens. We want Lamar to hopefully, you know, get the money he, that he, quite frankly, very well deserves. Mm -hmm. um, not looking as good because it looks like these owners are very steadfast. I'm not giving this guaranteed money that he wants. And, you know, obviously a messy relationship in Baltimore when you put that tweet out talking about, hey, I requested a trade back on March 2nd. You can just tell conversations with Eric DaCosta and what we're hearing out of Baltimore just aren't as smooth as the Ravens organization are trying to put out there. But I think Lamar, you know, you have to hold him to the highest respect. 
good guy on the football field, good guy off the football field, has not been in trouble. But I think right. just trying to do things the right way and represent himself, which is commendable and applaudable. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with all of the above. Listen, I need to introduce you to my friend who's a writer for The Athletic, athletic uh, uh, Brandon Howard. He writes yeah. for the Dolphins, but he's a huge Lamar Demetrius Jackson guy. Yeah, I and, think I know and, Brandon. Small world. Oh, no, he's cool. He used to write for me. Anyways, <laughs> wait, let, we'll do that off there. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, you'll appreciate this, too, as a real quick aside. Um, Lamar Demetrius Jackson was in the first college game I was credentialed for. It was the Citrus nice. Bowl, okay. where I first met Ed Ogeron. Um, okay. Ooh, then, Ed. <laughs> and he was facing off against Lamar Demetrius Jackson. My first yeah. question in a in a press conference setting leading into that game was asking him to account for Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Demetrius. <laughs> and it's all tying in together. We were meant to do the it show. Is. It's all together. Look, I, as someone who's in, I'm based in DC. We go to Baltimore a lot and do a lot of Baltimore sports talk radio. You know, Lamar's story has kept me busy. He's kept all of us busy on this side of town because it's a story that, you know, keeps going and going. And of course, all of us now are just looking, even though there's been no traction. Now, we know we still have a while. There's still a while for Lamar to make something happen. But of course, as we get closer and closer to the draft, and the news that we heard out of Baltimore today that Baltimore is not counting out, you know, a quarterback potentially, right? You know, with their pick, and you look at the quarterbacks there. Though I just think that's, you know, they're, you, know they're, he knows what lying season is. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Thank you, Kelsey. I'm just saying, I got to keep it real, you know. And I, I said this when it first happened. I said I believe Lamar is going to be back in Baltimore, but you want it to be right. Mm-hmm. One guy that has to be happy on the team is your quarterback i.e. Aaron Rodgers and all the saga and drama that he's been taking us through. I mean, you just, you got to keep your quarterback happy. You might get have some other people unhappy in the locker room and it might still work out, but the quarterback runs too much and is a leader for their team. He has to be happy. And I think Baltimore is going to have a lot of mending and fixing to do if they want to make things right with Lamar Jackson. I mean, because he's just too valuable and too special of a piece. The players love him. I love, and by the way, shout out to all the NFL players that came to his defense, you know, saying, what, what in the world? Like, what in the world is happening? Like, we see this man, a unanimous, you know, MVP previously, a pro bowler, and you guys just, you guys aren't getting with the program. You're including this guy too, I hope, J.J. Yes, and he said it loud, and he has a great following for it. I love that, and I think that's so good to see it, because the NFL is a brotherhood. Anybody that's covered it knows that. Anybody that's obviously talked to former players, those that are even current players, and I thought that was so important, you know, and I think it's good to know he's not alone. We have players coming out and say, uh-uh, Lamar, I don't think you want to go there. Just saying, you know, oh, the I eat was, New England. I eat um, New England. It was um, Asante Samuel, <laughs> UCF, Samuel yeah. UCF graduate, by the way. I have to point that out since I write for the black and gold banneret. So there's that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so much happening basically around this story. But at the end of the day, we just want Lamar to find a home where they're going to give him the money that he deserves. But Again, time will tell. I think it's moving a lot slower than folks probably thought. A great, talented quarterback. Just the quarterbacks that are already off the board. And again, Lamar outside looking in, but hopefully soon he'll be inside looking out with lots of dollar bills around him. <laughs> so let me tell you my best case scenario theory. Again, I, okay. I'm just thinking about Demetrius Jackson guy. I'm a 49 <laughs> fan. Um, but listen, him staying there helps keep the Steelers and the Ravens rivalry, the best one in the league right now, has been for some time. Oh, for sure. Hard-nosed, hard, tough 
fighting football. I love a good Steelers Ravens game. <laughs> you have to call it hard nose because in a game where Ben Roethlisberger's nose was shaped like a Z, or I, I don't know, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but like, and and they're still playing like that. Hard nose is so perfect. It's Man, literal. tough games, but, tough battles. Let me run you through my conspiracy <laughs> theory. Here we go, right? And and you're right. you're an immediate person, so you can follow me on this, right? Okay, in let's do it. Eight. There was a major star. Now, before Twitter was a thing, by the way, right back yeah. then, um, there was a major star who went on the Stephen A. Smith show, which, again, back then, is tantamount to going on Twitter. That's what I'll say. You might know <laughs> where I'm going when one Kobe Bean Bryant went Ooh, on Stephen yeah. A. show and said, I want to be traded. I think <laughs> there's a possibility that we are in that phase of experiencing mm. that. And at the end of the day, I still believe Lamar Demetrius Jackson remains a Raven. Yep, that's what it's looking like. I mean, and essentially what you just gave was the equivalent. I think he did that equivalent on social media, right? I mean, he went to the account. He did it during, you know, the owner's meeting, you know, and, and right before John Harbaugh gave us the sound bite, boom, tweet comes mm -hmm. out. <laughs> oh, so this is how Lamar really feels. And oh, so this is what really had happened. He had asked for the trade way back when. So obviously people starting to put the pieces together. And I think that was really calculated. I do. I think it was a smart move on Lamar. And I think he wants to put it out there. So I think he really wants teams to know like, hey, I'm ready. I'm available. Come get me. Like, you know, I want to play for your franchise. But to your point, I do think he's going to remain in Baltimore, remain a Raven just because you guys see the market right now. I mean, you see the market. I think Baltimore was like, go ahead, take your chances, go out, you know, go see what you can get. And right now Baltimore is probably secretly smiling like, I told you so. Right, like they're probably just like, told you so. <laughs> I, by the way, I, I love your tempo. You you go fast, like I do. This is good. Like, oh, the, I do, I do. No, don't, <laughs> don't keep being you. I love it, especially on this. <laughs> Anyways, no, Bill Nelson coming in, and 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 I, we could keep going on Lamar. You you got more points coming up in my head. I don't. Maybe I'll have to invite you back to talk about it when he signs. But, I mean, um, I love it. You you touched on so many for me. You said a 49ers fan. I know we talked to Aaron Rodgers. I know, Kyle, there were some rumors about potentially 49ers and Aaron Rodgers being linked, even though we heard this a couple years ago. And, you know, I'm looking at the 49ers, like, third-round picks and the future first. I don't know. I don't I don't see it happening. But well, I know that was a big Aaron Rodgers news today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, the Aaron Rodgers stuff, for me, it, it's funny. Like, on this show, I'd say about a month ago, my intro – um, I said, listen, y'all, the squawking about Lamar Demetrius Jackson, nothing's going to happen. Let me know when something happens, then I'll talk. This, <laughs> this is the Drew Brees situation that happened back, yeah. I'm going to say it was 2008-ish, right? Yeah. But, you know, it was the 11th hour and they signed. <laughs> they got me talking about him again. I'm going to say this. I'll make this one point and we're going to move the other thing I'm going to tell you about. Uh, um but I, I think the reason why Lamar doing this is good is if I'm a, a franchise, be either Ravens or whoever, he's yeah. pushing to get it in before the draft. And that also tells me something else, Kelsey. It tells yeah. me that he is looking to not hold out. He's making this move so he can get acquainted with his future team. The dude wants that ring, okay? He he wants to play the part of Angel Reese. And point I was going to say, we all want it. We like, all wanted. Angel was trying know. to give us a prelude. We all wanted. <laughs> if I had known that I was going to make that joke, I'd have had my semi-pro ring on. But I digress. I this. Um, so, but let me go to this too, because um, at, at one point, giving people more about your props and why you are a talent in the sports world and bless you for it, 
Um, at one point, you were you were actually working for. Well, they were still the Washington football team. They the were. Time. They were right. all these name changes. <laughs> right, you were you were actually working at for what time? It was what is now known as the Washington Red Tails. Sorry. <laughs> Should have been red tails though. <laughs> that was we're my still friends right now. Like I just had that stepbrothers, stepbrothers. Uh, did we just become best friends? Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, you tell me there should be the red tails. You win. Just ask. I'll try to. Well, I, I won't try to find you against my Anyways, but take me into a little bit of insight on this. Like with this sale being announced, and and we went over it with Candy Waller of Seawall uh, Sports Entertainment yeah. last week. The details. But as somebody who was within the organization, like how yeah. big of an opportunity for a heel turn and just, I shouldn't say a heel turn, oh but in this case, is this for the organization? My gosh. So I am a DMV native. I know what it is. You know, the last, the last Super Bowl, the last time they hoisted that trophy, you know, was before I was born. So I'm somebody that has to just hear about the stories and the greatness. And of course, working for the team and doing a lot in the NFL world. I know a lot of the former football players, you know. You're and it's born. wow, you are a young talent. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we think about it, you know, it's bittersweet almost to, see, to talk about this because as we're talking, they're actually getting ready to demolish RK Stadium, you know, the site of the historic former Washington Redskins games, you know, they're selling the seats, you know, so really bittersweet time here in DC, but I think the sale, and I think, you know, probably for at least the past 10 years, you know, the hashtag fire Dan Snyder has been mm -hmm. trending on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, fans are sick and tired here in DC and they feel like it's honestly like a, a poison that's been up top. And they feel like that's why things just can't go right for Washington. Like we always say in DC, why can't DC have nice things? Like why can't Washington have nice things? And you think about it and this is, the team that the last really spark again the last spark that I felt from fans probably pre-Taylor Heineke because I think Taylor Heineke was a fun spark for many fans here just to see a guy that put his heart on his sleeve you know and played out but that was RG3 I, I mean living say. here through RG3 mania Kyle it was crazy I mean he was a god in the city I mean they in town in 2012 and yeah it was Ooh. just a short time I was there I, I picked up the wavelength and, and I appreciate it their man is <laughs> like president rg3 like that was dc i mean it was that it was that powerful and then of course oh the injury you know hurt so many people you know there's a reason why people are like oh we don't even want to talk about the grass turf you know at that episode we don't even want to talk about that we don't talk about that enough bad things have happened <laughs> but well, all that let me ask this when you say the injury which one do you mean do you mean the playoff game or do you mean Hilodi nata Oh my gosh! And oh, no, I'm talking about the playoff game. As a Ravens fan, like I'm not blaming Haloti. I'm blaming. I'm blaming the playoff game. Like, I am blaming the playoff game. I wish you were around when I was younger. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know, it's <laughs> and obviously Argentina was never the same, right? I mean, he was never able to go to recuperate when we last saw him in Baltimore as a backup. It's not the same explosive RG3, right? That made him so much fun and so special to watch. With all that to say. Fans are excited. I mean, this is the top question I get in DC all the time. Kelsey, is the sell sooner? Is it getting closer? Is it going to happen? And I think I think really fans are anxious because, you know, we've been talking about this now, Kyle, for a while. We heard about the Bank of America, you know, kind of beginning, you know, acquisition. And then fans fans thought it was going to be like this. Like, oh, boom. All the is about to be out. Lo and behold, here we are. It's April now. And they're like, well, well wait a minute. Because what's happening is they know we're getting closer to the draft. And then before you know, it's going to be summertime, Kyle. And then before you know, we're going to be getting ready for preseason football, right, and getting back into this new NFL season. I think fans just want to start completely fresh, completely new leaf. They were super excited about Eric Bieniemy coming here, obviously oh. bringing top-tier talent to the offense, an offense that's 
budding and young, you know, think about having a great receiver, somebody like Terry McLaurin and what he's been able to do, a very underrated, you know, wide receiver. This team still coming back, you know, as a team from Brian Robinson, what he was able to do after getting shot multiple times here in Washington, D.C. Cool. I mean, it was crazy, you know. So, And then Ron Rivera, even his, you know, story, beating cancer, losing his mom. I mean, talk about a team that has overcome adversity. And I'm like, you know, all this in the shadows of the nastiness that's happened at the top with Dan Snyder and the allegations, the money issues. I mean, it just seems like there were issue after issue after issue. So I think fans are saying, we just want to start fresh, right? It's like when you pick up your stuff and want to move somewhere. Sometimes you leave some of the baggage behind. Like, I just want to start fresh. I want to start new. And I think that's how fans are feeling. When the Magic Johnson name got thrown in there, let me tell you, fans are super excited. Like, man, we might have MJ at some games. Like, the guy Magic Johnson at some games. That got a lot of folks excited. I know the Jeff Bezos name is still being thrown out there. Who doesn't love Amazon? And obviously, Jeff Bezos is the guy with ties in the area. Obviously, everybody knows him from the football world already because we watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon um, Prime. I think guys, people are just excited that, you know, Dan Snyder and all that comes with him might potentially soon just be gone because, you know, Washington, is. it can be hard for some fans to root for Washington. You know, I mean, before you would go to games and people were protesting the name, then you would go to games and you had women protesting the games because of what happened to them, their own personal experience, or because they were supporting other women, right, who have talked out and spoken up. And so, again, it's hard to kind of sometimes fully be behind the scene when there's just so much nastiness and ugliness. I think fans are saying, you know, this is a story. For- oh, and then I didn't even mention, you know, a team that messed up attributes one of the greatest players to play with this franchise and Sean Taylor. Right? That, yeah. that was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. That was a whole thing. I mean, so just so many wrongs basically is what I'm getting at Kyle. So fans just want to push all that aside, start fresh, start and I think they believe the ownership getting it right will be good because teams with good owners usually don't have all this craziness. Right. I mean, and it starts, I mean, Baltimore, I know we just talked about Lamar and you know, this, this Lamar saying stuff is crazy, but right next door, you know, Steve Biscotti and the Ravens, you know, they've been a top tier organization. You know, they've been one, that folks will point to you like this is the way you know an organization should be ran you know should be played when guys leave baltimore you know always good things to say about the organization and the team obviously they have chemistry there and it's just a special place but you know go down the highway down to dc and it's just it's just turmoil i mean it's, it's been embarrassing the problems that fedex filled from the sewage leakage you know to the rail falling and jalen hurts just missing it you know and fans tumbling down i mean so many things and this is of course not all dan snyder but again i just want to push all that away and yeah. get to a new day which hopefully will potentially happen you know if this if this deal if what was put out there the bid you know is accepted though that that's a whole nother whole nother issue kyle that we're discussing in dc you know this is one of those moments i wish i had a terrestrial show because i could catch <laughs> you on for an hour i mean we're already what is it 30 minutes in and, and, and has I, it been 30 minutes oh my god it doesn't feel like it <laughs> but, well, well, thank you you see this is me having that thank you that was very nice um that, my, my normal guys my co-host on the other show be like what did she do to him no uh, but let me let me let, there's two more things I, I i have to ask you before i let you go here especially right. this being your first time on the show hold on a second yeah um first of all um, one serious question, one fun question that has a serious tone from a football sense, right? Okay. The serious question being first, um, Magic Johnson being involved in ownership. And I went over this a little bit with Candy Waller uh, last week. Yeah. But that's that's not just me. That's a big deal, right? That's huge. I mean, that's huge. The, the, the three names that you know we're all talking about, Harris, Rell, Johnson, 
right? And those, of course, would be the ownership group. But, you know, Magic Johnson wasn't in D.C. just too long. He was in Baltimore, actually, not too long ago. He was at Morgan State University. You know, he has a food service that's at Morgan State. And there was so much buzz, like, Magic Johnson is coming to Baltimore. He's coming to Baltimore. He's, I mean, all the news crews were there. He was dancing with the cheerleaders. I mean, this is this huge, this is six, eight, six, nine guy. I mean, that's what he brings, excitement excitement and then people just trust magic i mean magic does things right that's why he's been such a successful businessman and that's what they want to see someone that's successful that has experience that's won at the highest of levels but hopefully bring winning back to washington dc don't think it didn't hurt washington fans to see the rest of the nfc's dancing into the postseason and they're outside looking in you know snaring at you know deshaun watson and the cleveland browns you know for messing that up last season so i think you know, Magic is a familiar name, obviously, because usually when you hear ownership, it's got it's people that most people don't know, right? A lot of us don't know the richest people, you know, in the world. Like, we probably know their companies or their businesses, but you don't yeah. actually know them. Magic is a guy that we've watched. We've seen him grown. We know his story. I think there's that personalization factor. And then also, I mean, what's happening a lot in D.C. is, you know, and this was really intentional, I think, by the ownership group. But there's a lot of conversation called right now around diversity and ownership. Yes. And I think, you know, we saw that happen with the Denver Broncos, right, with Condoleezza Rice and, you know, all the different minority aspects in that cell with the Denver Broncos. And I think in Washington, again, I think you're seeing, you know, just more diversity that's more representative of America, which I think is honestly truly important for a team that plays. Well, technically represents the nation's capital, though they don't play in the nation's capital anymore. But I think, you know, there's all of that that's kind of combined. And again, a guy that gets, that does things the right way. That's what, that's all things about in Washington. Somebody that does things the right way that they don't have to hear all this, you know, nastiness about or just, you know, just things that just should not have happened. You know, we, we deal with enough politics in D.C., Kyle. We need our football clean. We need our football clean, and I think that's what magic brings. <laughs> I love that. Let me do a quick aside here. You know, like, I'm being older than 40 and you being younger, like, you know, I'm not going to ask you to identify. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Uh, but like, uh, let me tell you a story. American Mind. Actually, no, this isn't back in my day. This is two Super Bowls ago in L.A. I had an opportunity to sit down with Maurice Jones-Drew. And yeah, nice. um, with that concept, it was surrounding the Brian uh, Flores lawsuit coming out. And, Ooh, and yeah. Lovey Smith, like, uh, was just freshly the coach at the Texans. And I talked to yeah. him about Aaron. Uh, becoming potentially Byron Leftwich, uh, potentially becoming a head coach in Jacksonville and all of that. So that was in the background. So I, a backdrop, I should say. So I asked yeah. him, you know, what's the best way to step in the right direction to kind of move things going? And and his response was along the, here, uh, here's the part I will quote. Okay. I got a car and I want to put rims on it. I'm going to put rims on it. Mm. Meaning it starts with that ownership room. And if Magic Johnson's in there, if you Make buy Maurice Jones-Drew's theory, which I sure do, um, over yeah. and above the fact that I'd loved watching him when he was in Jacksonville, not for nothing, <laughs> um, there's some there there. And if you got Magic Johnson in there, there's yeah. a good chance that that will continue after Rich Rod, after Eric Bieniemy, and bring exactly exactly. Exactly. And that's what, that's what DC needs. You know, you want DC to be, you want the commanders to be back to being a destination, you know, place. Not just for the commanders. I think I say this about the Wizards too. You know, you want this to be a destination city for players to come to, you know, right now for the Wizards, you know, guys aren't ready to come play for the Washington Wizards, you know, because of their play. And I think because DC hasn't really marketed itself as a city that honestly has everything to offer. Like anything you want, you can get it here in Washington, DC, literally. But I think for oh, the commanders, great. as you said, I mean, exactly. And having somebody like Magic, again, a familiar face, a name. I mean, how could you not get excited? I think what we have to remember, 
it's, it's been so much talk of culture. So when Ron Rivera came to Washington, he said two things he wanted, right? To bring winning ways to Washington and to change the culture. Winning ways to Washington and to change the culture. The winning ways we're working on. <laughs> yeah. The winning ways are being worked on. You know, last season obviously came close. You know, Washington, again, has been through adversity, quarterback changes, um, and things like that. But to be fair, they did. My first year was Washington 2020. They won that division. It was an ugly year for the NFCs, but they won it. So, I mean, hey, it counts. It counts. Well, and listen, last year the NFC yeah. East was, was a tough year. Let's give them that much credit. Yeah. I mean, and then that's what I'm saying. So you turned around and watching them this close. So I think, you know, the winning ways are still being worked on, but you look at the players that you were able to retain, look at the pro bowlers Washington was able to put in, you know, last season. And that's something in Washington that we haven't got to talk a lot about. But then I think the culture change is something that just is shifting a lot slower. I think we see it in the locker room. Like, I mean, I'll never forget that Jeremy Reed video that went viral, you know, when he was selected to the pro bowl and you see coach tell him, I mean, that was so special. Jeremy Reed, I can say this firsthand, like works his tail off as an amazing story, works his tail off for that moment. But then right when you're seeing that, you know, then you look at your newsfeed and your phone buzzes and you see, you know, all these the congressional, you know, investigation moving forward. And it's just like, well, you know, it's not matching the ownership level and what's happening on the football field play. So basically what I'm saying is the ownership influences the culture. And to have good culture, it has to be top down, right? So it has to be all throughout. You know, you can't just have it on the bottom level and not think, you know, you can't have it on the top. And I think that's what Magic and these other guys would bring potentially Again, if this were to go through, it's just a fresh start, a new start, and hopefully a chance to build a culture together in Washington to get back to what football culture should be, where everyone's accepted, you know, where there is inclusion, where females can come work in a workplace and, you know, and feel comfortable and safe, you know, and not feel like they have to wash their back. Because wake up, it's 2023, there's lots of women in sports. And this still shouldn't be, you know, a topic. Season ticket holders shouldn't feel shorted, you know, for things <laughs> happening to them. There's just so many things that just shouldn't have, you know, allegedly at least, right? Shouldn't have happened. It just shouldn't have happened. And I think that's what we're saying, you know, like other owners, we're not talking about this story, Kyle, with other owners right now. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, right? I mean, stuff has to get out there. You know, I mean, now Jerry Jones has had his scandal, um, you know, Robert Kraft. I mean, we're being honest, right? But it's not been to the extent I think that we've seen, you know, with Dan Snyder. I think people are saying, yeah. like, how many times do we have to go through this, you know, for change to happen? I think, but this is the first time I think fans have finally felt like change is going to come. Because before they're like, oh, it's just going to be a tap on the wrist. You know, he's still going to be there. And let's be honest, and this was his childhood favorite team. You know, Dan Snyder has said he didn't want to change the name. And I, obviously he didn't want to relinquish ownership. I mean, this was his childhood dream team. He finally got it. He was the man. And you know, there's something special and powerful about being an NFL owner. Very hard to do. Very few, obviously, can do it. So you're in a special group. But obviously, what transpired has now led us to this moment and this point. I think fans finally coming like, we're going to start new. We're going to start fresh. And there's a new day that's going to happen in here in Washington, D.C. You had a longer list of awesome with with what's going to come and or what the potential is for the good here. <laughs> and this, this, this is why you're here tonight. Kelsey, there you go. That's <laughs> Trying to be last, positive for the fans. <laughs> there you go. The last and final question, and this one, I don't know how controversial this is or isn't, So, but for me, <laughs> and please keep in mind, I say this as a fan of okay. the team that is now coached by his son, but for me, RG3, and I remember watching the playoff game, and I'm not even uh, a, 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 um, a Red Tails, sorry, Commander's guy. Um, <laughs> 
And that, that bit's not going away, just so you know, Kelsey. Even if it's <laughs> uh, but I love Red Dump. But, right? But um, <laughs> I'm watching that the, the playoff game, the fated playoff game in question, and Kirk Cousins, I already know, was a quality backup. I actually met him 2014, oh, and I know that he was actually very, what's his word, embracing of his role, backing up RG3 and all that stuff. Right. He gets hurt after scoring that touchdown. I'm screaming at the TP, keep him off the field after that. Sure enough, my mm. champion does not. I, I'm going to go John Cena here, which apparently is controversial suddenly in women's basketball. <laughs> or Tony Yeo. Look, you're going to get people mad with that guy. They're going to give Tony his props. <laughs> true. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but for me, when it comes to RG3's injury, I would look at my, Mike Shanahan and go, and I blame you. See, that's the John Cena. Mm, yeah. Are you on that train? You know, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think this is actually a perfect parallel to Lamar and what folks were saying about Lamar. And Lamar literally saying he didn't play the last games because he wasn't 100%, right? And couldn't be his best self for his team. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, oh, well, you should have put yourself out there, Lamar, and played. But you just gave a perfect example of what can happen. And even RV3 had tweeted this, Kyle. Don't do it. I did it. Look what happened. And luckily, RG3 had turned out, you know, I don't want to say well, because obviously I'm sure he wanted his football career to be extended. But look at him now. I mean, he's a great broadcaster, obviously doing a lot of things. He is good. A great family. You know, it's just so many great things for RG3. But again, I'm sure he would trade a lot to be back on that football field, you know, had all that not transpired. I think, like, you, you want to keep your players safe. You know, then you want to keep your players safe. If your player's not 100%, like you said, you have a quality backup, which is which is nice to have in the National Football League, especially after what we watched last season. I mean, it's funny. Look at a team like the Dolphins, and you're like, wow, wait a minute. Okay. You know, but then not, or you look at a, yeah. And then you look at – but you look at Brock Purdy. I mean, I mean, it's just crazy sometimes, right? The quality backups, you know, or the conversation now we're having in New England, right, with just Mac Jones. Yeah. Wow. Right, with me. So there's so many different factors. But I'm like you. I, I think I do have to blame because he shouldn't have been back on that field. He just shouldn't have been back on. And everybody in Washington, D.C. will tell you that. He should not have been back on that field, Kyle. Quick too late now, obviously. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, unfortunately, we, we don't have the time machine, and I am not a doctor. I've never made a doctor <sighs> on this show before. That's interesting. Anyways, um, <laughs> but listen, I'll say this, too. By the way, you mentioned Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. I've yeah. seen two bowl games with him different years um, than, obviously, Lamar Demetrius Jackson later than <laughs> Brock Purdy in two bowl games in person. Yeah. And there was nothing I saw in those games that said what we saw in the NFL this past season. Goodness gracious. So, it was yeah. crazy. I mean, it was crazy. But I mean, that's why we love football. So we love the draft because you just yes. – you never know. I mean, some guys from the top work out. Sometimes they don't. And I think – I think Brock Purdy, too, I think he represented so much because he's like that comeback story. You know, anybody that's ever been counted down and counted out, they just want that opportunity and chance to make the most of it. And that's exactly what he did. You know, had a chance, obviously, to watch that 49ers game versus the Commanders, you know, in which, yeah, the 49ers uh, made the Washington defense that looks out, uh, look not so sound <laughs> that game. Yeah. Um, um, Shanahan's do that to a lot of defenses. Don't yeah. Oh, Shanahan. Oh, my gosh. You know, but. All that to say, I mean, 49ers, you know, all of a sudden have a jewel, right? I mean, that's why, right? That's why we, Jimmy G has a new home, right, this year. <laughs> I mean, you all of a sudden, you know, start to feel confident. And again, I think we're also learning just the importance of a backup quarterback. You know, that's why I told folks, you know, for Carson Wentz here in Washington, Kyle, I said, I said, I think this was his last chance as a starting 
quarterback in the National Football League, but essentially that was also a tryout for his backup role. You know, the same thing I said about, you know, Cam with Cam Newton, you know, Cam Newton, Auburn Pro Days. I know people are going to say, well, people don't want the other stuff that comes with Cam Newton and to each his own. You know, I like personality in sports. But oh, again, Cam's is so awesome. Yeah, no, I'm I with mean, you. I like personality in sports. But again, you look at quality backups, especially one of Cam Newton's size. Nice to have. I mean, super nice to have. Or you get a guy like James Winston who's kind of accepted you know, the backup role. Not everybody's going to do that. And James is another guy that I'm sure some people are like, hmm, James, is that the right thing? You know, you might could go, you know, somewhere else and have better potential um, to start. But I saw that to say, you know, the backup quarterback role, I think this does need to be looked at as so much more, you know, important. I mean, look what happened with Deshaun Watson, right? And what Cleveland had to do. I mean, the backup quarterback role has to be looked at, I think, is so much more important because anything can happen. You mentioned Kirk Cousins. I mean, look at Kirk Cousins now. Got the bag, got paid, and now leading the Minnesota Vikings. But I'm not as big of a high on, on on the hype of a Kirk Cousins. I've seen this before when I covered him in Washington. I try to tell folks this <laughs> when they get super excited on him. You know, he's a quality else? quarterback. Is that something else we agree on? Goodness gracious, Kelsey. We're on fire here. Listen. We're, I... we're the same. We're the same in that. But just basically, you know, she cherishing a quarterback is the lesson at the end of the day. You know, RG3. Should have been cherished. Should have been on the field. Lamar Jackson should be cherished and has to be going through this. Because they're not, you know, they're just not out there on growing on trees. You know, your Patrick Mahomes don't come every day. You know, your Joe Burrow stories don't come every single day. Again, and your Lamar Jackson, when have we seen somebody this electric and exciting? You know, I mean, Lamar has changed. Again, he's must-watch TV. I mean, the players love to watch him. The fans, you know, love to watch him. And he, I mean, he's just opened a whole new dimension of quarterbacks you know, in quarterback play. So basically, y'all, know what you got, <laughs> cherish what you got, and treat it right. All right, there team? That's my message to you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with this thought, too. Kurt Menefee and Michael Vick, both, when I spoke to them at the, uh, uh, during the, the Super Bowl yeah. week in Arizona, Yeah. as much as we were talking about the first Super Bowl with two quarterbacks of color, which is obviously something to be commended, what yeah. it really boils down to is the quarterback position being mm. more mobile than it ever has been? And you got to be able to move. You can't be Ben Roethlisberger now and just well, maybe if you're a big size, but but you got to be able to move. Giant like Ben, exactly. <laughs> right, you, you got to be a big guy, and, and guys like Ben don't come every day, right? I mean, big, big, big Ben was literally big Ben, right? He was tall and he was big. I mean, he's hard to take down. You talked about those Ravens Steelers matchups. Why they were so good, especially when Big Ben was playing. I mean, yeah, it was hard to get the guy down. I mean, the Ravens players will tell you that. You hit him once, you might, you know, you might break, he might brush you off, and he's still there. But like you said, you have to be mobile now. You have to move. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, look at what he was able to do on a bad ankle, right? Not a hundred percent ankle in the Super Bowl. And that was a question, you know, will he be able to be mobile, move out the pocket? That's why we love Jalen Hurts. You know, another guy who's been somewhat compared to Lamar Jackson. Because he is able to throw, but he's also able to move. You know, Josh Allen, some people don't like it. They're like, he's running for his life sometimes. You know, but yeah. like you said, you have to be mobile and you have to be able to throw. Looking at the draft this year, that's what I think teams are looking for. You know, you can't just be a stout pocket passer. Great to have, but the way these defenses are set up now, they're coming for you. And not all these offensive lines have had to, been able to invest the money to protect these quarterbacks like they should protected so actually i mean lamar has kind of shown us what the future is going to look like and honestly i think it's good for the nfl i think we like our quarterbacks moving and you know just just being so much more and i think more, being more incorporated into nfl offenses my goodness that was all <laughs> beautiful i i have <laughs> segments and tangents and i was going to talk about eating a backup and matt schraub who eventually became a starter too and i had a just you've got to come back kelsey you've got to there's just too much stuff <laughs> left on the table 
and you show respect to the beef and prop Haloti Nana? Oh my goodness. I'm going to. Oh, Haloti is one of my favorite players. My Haloti Nana, Jonathan Ogden. Like, they're taking me back. I mean, when you're talking about just great Ravens, Todd Heap. Oh, don't take me back. Don't take me back, Kyle. I will. My first credentialed event. My first credentialed event when I was probably as old as you are now. My first credentialed (laughs) was Jonathan Ogden's induction (laughs) induction with Bill Parcells, Chris um, Carter. Oh, I love it. Yes, 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 yes. He walked and Haloti Nada is a name I just don't hear. John Nelson is a big guy, right? I mean, I mean he um, walked past ooh. me all the way to the restroom, and he. <laughs> there have been two, two, two dudes that made me feel that fear calm, fear thing in the back. <laughs> he was one, Calais Campbell, that. the other. Calais and Baltimore had him. Uh, Calais, Baltimore's gonna miss you, but best wishes in Atlanta. But those are some big guys. I mean, literally, those are like. Like, how did your mom create you? <laughs> type of guy. Yeah, that's just a- like, I mean, this, this, this isn't human. I mean, and, you know, John and Ogden, I mean, just you're talking about good football. I mean, you're just talking about good football. And, you know, Calais, like you said, just, other, I mean, that's, I mean, you're going to always have, I mean, Jonathan, like, set the standard. And I think he's one that guys now should definitely be watching. Look at that position on how to be great. I, mean, I think this is why. Oh, I'm forgetting the name of the documentary, and I should know this off the top of my head. The Baltimore documentary that just is a 30 under 30. Yes. It's giving my mind completely. But you know what I'm talking about. And it was just so great to, again, just look at these, you know, these guys, these, you know, these glory guys, you know, in Baltimore for so long, you know, has had great players. I mean, and that's what you took. When you said those names, you definitely just, you took me back. <laughs> you took me back to the glory days of Baltimore. Hopefully Baltimore can get back to it. Hopefully we can keep the quarterback healthy work out these kinks and problems and uh, just play Ravens football. See, I'm taking Tom Brady's advice. I'm leaving you wanting more, so you'll come back. (laughs) I love it. I love it. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, an honor, joy, and privilege, Kelsey. Thanks for coming aboard. I hope I've added to your fan base with this. (laughs) I know you have. Thank you, everybody. Kyle, you're fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, tell the people where you can be found first. Please plug yourself and your stuff. Let the people oh, know. Well, thank you so much. Yes, I'm on social media, The Real K Nelson. Be sure to follow. Doing a lot of coverage right now. Obviously, the NCAA Women's Basketball Championship has kept the girl busy for so much. But obviously, really about to get into the NBA right now. I'm also working with MLBGrow.com, covering baseball. So check that out. I have a sports talk podcast called ListeningWithKNN.com. Airs live every Tuesday and Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Also, you can find it anywhere you listen to your favorite audio shows. And check out our website, listeningwithcanon.com. And last but not least, check out my personal website, kelsinicolenelson.com. Check out all the cool things I'm doing in sports and entertainment. Have a lot of great events coming up that I would love for all of you all to be a part of. So make sure you all check it out and follow. And I'll follow back. <laughs> I will. Yeah, he is good about that, actually. I can, I can speak for that. So, by the way, I got to tell you, you got at least one more fan, and I got to bring this up because I'm going to be on the show with him talking some red tails. Oh, nice. And uh, Drew Willingham, he goes about calling them the commies, though. The commies. I have heard the commies here. It's so, easy. Yes. He is definitely giving that alternative. So, there's at least one more fan we got for you there, Drew Willingham. If he hasn't heard of you already. See, this is my ego getting big. Look what I maybe, maybe you've drawn Drew Willingham Maybe that's it. Oh, I love it. Of course, in honor, joy, and privilege. Thanks, of course, to Kelsey Nicole Nelson. Thank you to the madman, Mark Mancini, coming in. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, the student of the game. You can find me on Twitter 
at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram as the same, the SOTG. While you're there, check out the stuff going on with the student of the game, Real Mock Draft. That'll be up on Facebook with the student uh, as the student of the game, that Facebook page. So check that out too. More of that coming out. By the way, you're watching this on the Huddle Up YouTube page. You can find the playlist for the student of the game, uh, Real Mock Draft. That's R E E L. Kelsey, that's the jokes. <laughs> um, I, I can make the dad joke. I'm allowed. Of course, check out my work. black and gold banneret covering UCF. That spring game is a week from Friday. Yeah, they put it on a Friday. Deal with it. But yeah, that's coming up too. Uh, I'm sure Gus Malzahn will have some more stuff to talk about between the, there, here and there in his press availability. So look out for that. And also my work covering the XFL with the three-point conversion. I hope there's no rough feelings about the Guardians taking down the DC. I mean, we didn't have to talk about that. You know, we were we were enjoying undefeated season. Some DC team had to do it. And, oh, the Whistless Guardians, that one hurt. But we still got our beer snakes to make our fans feel better. <laughs> that thing is a monument, though, ain't it? <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> it's it, it, listen, I need to talk about my wife's an engineer. I'll talk with the physics about that with her. That'll get me right. <laughs> of course, my work with A7B in sports and the three point conversion covering the XFL. I will be in the building for the Guardians final home game where they host the Arlington Renegades to try to keep get this playoff hopes alive. Yes, that's a thing. Coach even says 33.3%, but these guys are hyped to do it. Katie Cannon. Uh, a former defender that caught a touchdown in his Fergus game. I uh, saw that. Game. I saw that. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a charm. You can check out uh, me talking with him on the Facebook page and on Twitter as well and on the Instagram. That's right. I might be in my 40s, but I have an Instagram, Kelsey. There you go. You should. Do it for the gram. All the kids are on the gram. We got to be where the kids are, Kyle. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, also, I mentioned the black and gold banneret. Make sure you check out the new Night Shift. It's, I mean, the podcast is the same, but it's rebranded because SB Nation stuff, whatever, rights, you get it. But check out Ryan Swoboda coming on, uh, the the uh, American Athletic Conference right tackle first team, who uh, was not only talking about the Zach Martin Foundation to talk about uh, safety with heat exhaustion and preventing, uh, protecting rather student athletes from that. He also came on to talk to a little shop. I got this deep with him, Kelsey, that he was talking about blocking using your thumbs up and sending your hands up. But I'm like, this is what it was a lot of <laughs> bonding, is what it was. So, oh, okay. <laughs> out the, uh, the night shift podcast. But listen, an honor, joy, and privilege to be aboard with my guests and you all. Once again, but until next time, everyone, class dismissed. <laughs>